Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by the TAC. Big thanks to the TAC for supporting this podcast and promoting that message that we do need to do our bit as cyclists to make sure that there's a safe cycling environment for uh, all users uh, out there as they get to their end destination in a safe manner. Welcome, Max. Thanks, Alex. Welcome, Cameron. Glad to be here. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, as always. Do you want to share with the listeners? Well, it's probably, it's not really a great, topic for the listeners because i can't see it but you're rocking a beautiful moustache yeah it's in its early phases it'll probably get cut off pretty shortly um and not really gather any legs but like i said to you boys earlier just thought i'd just mix it up a little bit and, and do something different in this um this grim winter period which fortunately for you you're not um you're not experiencing at the moment so good luck to you <laughs> is it, will the beard ever go max or is it just a lifelong thing now uh, no as long as as long as simon geshka keeps his i'm uh i'm thinking about keeping mine no it's definitely a football a football thing i'll keep it for football who knows what happens post yeah beautiful before we get stuck into it too a bit of news on the sponsorship front we've uh come to our last episode with map as a our official apparel partner they're not going anywhere in terms of I think Max will be donning their kit throughout the uh, the rest of the Aussie winter and and I'll definitely be uh, still wearing it over here. But a big thank you to Matt for five five years with the podcast, the original sponsor. And I think like Ollie and Jared backed their podcast uh, of zero episodes, zero experience. And so it's uh, yeah, sad to see the leave, but a massive thank you for their support all over the, the four and a half years. Tour de France time, rest day one, big week. As always, is the first week of the Tour de France. Max, you've been watching it, you've been staying up, you've been catching the highlights, have you been uh, consuming the tour? Uh, well, te- technically rest day two. Uh, they had that travel day, that 900-kilometre travel day. Uh, it's been good. It's been entertaining. Um, we're about to get into probably the three most defining days of the tour over these next three days. I have been watching it. Uh, Wimbledon mixed in last night as well with Kyrgios uh, v Novak. So, and I actually um, gamble responsibly and I'm happy to prove it if there is any doubt as I had Bob Youngles last night. And, but it was my only one I've landed so far. So I was down from eight stages, but I landed Bob last night. How many, out of how many people did you have punts on last night? No, no, I, I, I had Bob, Bob and I and I had Eon Izagira and they both made the break and I was relatively confident once that happened. Peace. Camo, did you see yeah. Bob getting a win last night? Uh, well, right he was back. paying. He was actually paying, you know, as Max likes to say, gamble responsibly. Um, <laughs> he he was actually the same odds as uh, the, the two horses I jumped on last night, which was um, Molima and Lutsenko. Um, just in that early twenties bracket, which was which was the money. Unfortunately, neither of those boys got into the breaks, so um, my night was over pretty quickly. But uh, hats off, Max, for for picking that. It's that's a good pick. We'll go. We'll go back to the start and work our way through back up to Max's glory last night. Cashed up after a big win. <laughs> the the opening stage. The um the opening stage of prologue didn't disappoint. We'd been. I'd been in Copenhagen for two days and it had been 25 to, tw- to 30 degrees, sunny, perfect, not a cloud in the sky. Woke up Friday morning, beautiful day again. Um, went for a run along the, along the water there, spectacular. Got to about 2 p.m. when the prologue started at 4 and it just started pissing rain like you wouldn't believe. Just <laughs> the world ended uh, and we got ourselves a wet time trial with so many corners, so many uh pavement changes and throw on top of it all the nerves of the tour de france it would have been a, a pretty messy time trial to be involved in cambo if uh former world under 23 time trial champion like you uh like to like us to bring up every now and then on the podcast what, what were your thoughts on your prologue did you win the prologue at lavanier too yeah yeah, yeah did actually yeah tour de lavanier was a nice victory tour de lavanier prologue winner He's got the XP points. Run us through your thoughts on that opening <laughs> prologue. Uh, well, I mean, I think it was the, the winner was a surprise for everyone. Um, Yves Lampard, um, quite technical, 
Um, so but still, the average speed was the, the average speed was almost fifty two k now. So it was still it was still really quick. Um, I wasn't there on the ground, Alex. But did the weather change throughout the day? Did it get drier towards the end, like maybe some people have suggested? I mean, when I was watching Yves Lampard, it still looked pretty wet out there. It, it, you definitely wouldn't say it was dry, but it stopped raining as much. Even throughout the okay. whole, even throughout the whole day, it rained. But the biggest block of rain was in the couple of hours leading up to it, where it was yeah. torrential rain. Yeah, but as you know, it's almost more tricky when it's that sort of half dry, half wet, because you don't really know whether you can go full gas into a corner or you come around a corner and then suddenly it's wet. Um, you know, if you're riding when it's pissing rain, you know that it's it's wet and you you ride accordingly. So I don't think the the conditions really had anything to do with it the rest of the big boys were there as expected. Um, and there was no one really that, that lost big chunks of time. I guess Grant Thomas um, lined up in his gillet, which has been made um, into a bit of a scene on Twitter. Um, so maybe, you know, there could have been five, five, 10 seconds lost, lost there with a, with a wind vest flapping in the breeze. So all things considered, besides the winner, it was, um, it was kind of as expected really. Would have been some the genuine serious... 150 to one shot, Lampard. 150 <laughs> to one shot. Yeah, didn't have didn't have him, Max. Uh, no, I, you know me. When it comes to prologues and time trials, I have got to follow Yan 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 Tratnik, um, <laughs> who, uh, who actually rode well. Um, in tra- the, the weather, I think I've got no idea. I've never ridden a time trial, especially on a rainy road. Uh, but they all started at different times. The top six, seven. Um, they're all actually quite diverse in where they started. Bork Mollimer was almost first off and he finished top 10, which is bizarre. Um, so yep. it must have been relatively good to start off with as well. Um, the, the most interesting ones is, is Vinegard being, uh, beating Rog. I know it's by a second, but um, I think that's where, like, when you're talking later on, when you talk about Yumbo, you go, oh, Roglic uh, might lose to Vinegard in the mountains, but he'll just make so much on him in the time trial. So maybe he's your leader. Well, Vinegard's your leader. Primoz doesn't even have the time trial part anymore. Yeah. Um, and surprising after seeing MVDP's form throughout the rest that he was able to get a top five in this. Um, so I'm curious about MVDP with where he sits. Mm. The He's a genuine star in Copenhagen. They were going absolutely wild for him and Mads Pedersen, branded on all, all the advertisements, massive roars when their name name came across the the PA it was like yeah this is it's like Max it's like Max Gorn running out onto the G it's it's a big deal him what about there. Magnus were they were they all going for Magnus as well well and then you saw I think they were once once he got up the road on the first day you saw him like geeing up the crowd like the, those Danish boys were just having having a field day <laughs> how I mean it's on stage three or two when whenever Magnus will go into whenever he went in the break by himself it's bizarre that other people didn't want to go experience that once yeah. in a lifetime experience riding through Copenhagen with 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 Magnus. But anyway, we'll get there. Yeah. Any other big points, Campbell? Like, do you put uh, Lampard's win down to just like he could throw it down harder? There was no GC risk for him. Um, we saw a couple of guys late in the piece, like really starting to push that number and then just washing out. Um, but I think he just had had the least to lose and obviously was in super time trial nick yeah it's a bit of both he's obviously got got nothing to lose he could have crashed it would have been no stress um and he's obviously got he's got a massive tank as well we always see him in the classics um being there in the final and also he's pretty good in a lead out too so he's got that good horsepower for that um that 10 sort of 15 minute effort so still a massive surprise um and again just just quick step, just getting the job done somehow when you don't expect it. And it's a big fuck you to everyone from Patrick Lefebvre, I think, um, bringing a pretty weak squad and and they chalk up a win on the first stage in the yellow jersey. So um, that's just another one for for Patrick. Is that, is that including us, as I believe in the two uh, I think we, we we dipped in a little bit on mm. on these boys in the preview. So, that that yeah, that probably comes in our direction. That's fair. The first sprint, Max. Who are you, who are you backing in without having seen any sprint days? Uh, I mean, it's hard not to say Caleb. And we're all thinking hopefully Caleb would able, be able to do something. And, and to be fair, he's still riding and he's still got a good chance in maybe stage 15 or even um, 
at the very end as well, 19 and 21, I'm pretty sure. Um, so he's still there. But yeah, I was thinking Caleb. I certainly wasn't thinking uh, Grunewagen, which is which is stage three. But Jakobsen was clearly the best sprinter in the, in the in the world, and he showed it in stage two. The yeah, Caleb had a mechanical stage, like supposedly couldn't sprint. Um, he said, which was frustrating. But I think the the bridge was the big topic of today's stage, which was a massive run in. It was a seventy kilometer race into the into the bridge for everyone to get on the bridge and go, ah, oh, it's a headwind. What a letdown! What a letdown! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the riders would have known. They would have known the wind direction at the start of the day. They would have been getting updates as to the condition of the the bridge. Um, but still, there's just a huge amount of stress. And as you know, Alex, every DS saying, "Be in the front, be in the front," um, just causing unnecessary stress. Um, and nothing, nothing eventuated. And it's kind of a, a bit of a flat flat stage in the end really we got the, the big bunch gallop but um before then there was no a whole not uh, not a whole lot to report is this the first time too that I, I personally took note of how little opportunity there is for the sprinters so stage two the two, first road stage of the tour so the big nervous nervous energy but they had these two stages and then nothing for so long and just all these mm. hard middle middle of the road stages so Jakobsen took the biscuits and quick step at this point were uh, back-to-back stage winners. Um, and I think we had them as par to win two stages and they won the first two. So yeah. feet up for them. So yellow jersey. Yellow jersey, green jersey, yeah. two stages. Thanks. All I have, <laughs> have to do is pace the groupetto from here on in and wait till stage, wait till the Champs-Élysées. That's all I have to do. Yeah. Second sprint, same situation. Wood Van out second again too. So he's just clocking uh, green jersey points and just showing that he's just can do it all. Uh, Max, you said you're a little bit surprised about Greenaway and getting the win here. But uh, just, on, just quickly on stage, we did lose Ben O'Connor uh, on stage two. I'm pretty sure the crash was. Um, so and after a time trial, it was a minute down anyway. He, uh, that's when Ben O'Connor started his downward spiral. Uh, stage three, yeah, look, I, I spoke about it just briefly at the end of the, the last pod about the, the inside story of Jakobsen and Grunewagen, like both returning to the tour at the same time. They go back-to-back stages. If, I'm not sure if you caught up with Jakobsen's comments post Dylan's win. It was like, I can't be happy for him. I... I I, I'm not even like, I don't care that he won. So like, he was really, it was outstanding. I would have thought like a forgive and forget type thing once you're both back racing. But especially when it's like an, it's, it, it's, it's an act, it's something that's happened during the like, competition. Like I'd never be, um, if someone took me out in a competition, like from a legal, almost legal way that, that Dylan did. So I find that bizarre there in, in uh, but good sprint. Like, um, I, then, then, uh, <laughs> Philipson, Sagan, it's um, it's those regular names, but Dylan, Dylan was too good. I don't mind it for cycling though. Builds a bit of a rivalry, a bit of, bit of a, a story behind what's going on. But I do agree, it's a bit strange. There was a competition be. thing, but you didn't, you didn't throw a punch at him off the bike after the stage yeah. or something along those lines. And and we all know those guys push the limits in terms of where they can move and who they can push across the line. And when it comes to that final oh. sprint. No one, no one would speak to Cav ever again. Mm. Yeah, if it's based off that, like I just find it bizarre. Like it's you both had your win, bit of hum, bit of humor, humility. The uh, other thing to note about Copenhagen too was they had uh, Netflix rolling around, so the doco's going ahead. I don't know who's yeah. involved, but it could, it should be a good way to uh, to lean on that that story element. Maybe uh, Greenaway. Actually, it's all the teams you want. Apart from UAE or in, uh, UAE in Bahrain, and they haven't opened their doors for obvious reasons. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, yeah, so they they refused to open <laughs> their doors. <laughs> both <laughs> both, both uh, uh, in that random little area of the Middle East, but um, everyone else is like, and Yumbo is going to be just great. Like we go into how they lose the yellow, Van Art doing whatever he wants. Who are they right? Like it's just going to be great to watch. It could be a it could be a Moby Star type Netflixing uh, Yumbo watching what is actually said in their team bus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all, all the other teams, apart from those two teams, are really doing it. The other thing that we didn't touch on at the start too, that Bahrain were raided again, their hotels, um, 
taken over by the the Danish police on behalf of the the Frenchies pre Tour de France the night before. Like, is this the third time in as many years? Is I mean, someone's got some red hot mail. This is just yeah. not another a random raid. Like, there's an agenda here with some serious tip offs. Um, I'm guessing nothing was found, but for that to happen on the eve of the Tour de France, uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, they say. Well, something happened because none of the Bahrain guys had turned up to the tour. Yeah. Um, no, that's harsh. Mm. Hagee crashed out, but um, not much to report from the other uh, from a team that is so active in Tour de France's. And imagine that the day before the Tour de France starts. Um, there's reports of them like getting just like doors knocked down at 6am. They're just like up against the wall, standing their jocks while they're ripping rooms apart. Yeah. Must knock you around that the the day before. But and also you kind of kind of feel for guys like like Hagee. It's like he's the most clinical, analytical guy in the world. Like there wouldn't be anything that hasn't been scrutinized to the nth degree that's going through his body. Um, and then take that into well, what turned out to be a, a shocking tool for him. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty stiff way to start. Stage four. It's where the Wout Van Aert show went from second, second to first. It's where the tour woke up. Copenhagen was great for crowds, but geez, the racing was Magnus Court solo break sort of stuff. It got a little bit dry in this <laughs> racing. The racing, the racing got going here. Hmm. Well, what they did on this climb was exactly what they did in in Paris Nice back in March, where right into the bottom and then just hit it absolutely full gas and whoever can can hang on did their best. Um, and in the end, it was it was no one that could really hang on. Um, Wood Van Aert got to the top by himself. Tish Benert was superb. Vingegaard um, and Yatesy got really, really close. And I guess at, at the top, Van Aert would have had a decision to make whether I continue on my own or I wait for Vingegaard and give Yates a free ride to the finish. In the end, I think he probably made the right decision um, going on his own, strong enough to beat uh, everyone else. There was no real proper organisation in the back um, until it was a little bit too late. And the way that Phillipson celebrated for second suggested that maybe some teams weren't aware that there was a Wood Van Art up the front. Um, so interesting in these day and ages with radios and all the information out there that, that he didn't know that unless he just pulled the earpiece um, and just did his own thing. But... Uh, yeah, that was absolutely some ride from Van Aert in, in the yellow jersey as well, just to, to cap it off. Yeah, to be fair, if you weren't in the first 10, you wouldn't have seen Van Aert go. Um, no, but that's it. You wouldn't have seen him, but you would have thought that on the radio, I'd be like, listen, boys, Van Aert's still up the road. Let's chase this guy back. Yeah. Um, and good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, good luck with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with all this pacing, which was, if we look back, could be a defining moment that maybe he didn't wait for Vinegard because he could have got 10 to 15 seconds on Pog here. And that the only time I've ever seen they potentially get time on Pog in the first nine days. Um, and the only sprints that dropped from the main group was Grunewagen. If that leads to anything over the next few days with potential sprint stages, I don't think Dylan is climbing at all well because um, the rest of them all managed to get over. No, he's not. I think was it Swiss or Dolphin yeah. in the lead up that he was really struggling. We we they had that week. Dolphin, eh? We just had the whole bike exchange bunch doing a time trial off the back. Yeah, yeah, it's Dolphin, and I, I fear for him in in some of these mountains that are coming up, and we get uh, we get right into the into the thick of the Alps. There's some big stages. I I do worry a little bit for him to um to get into the time cut. To be fair, stage five went over the cobbles which is always one of the most discussed issues in including that stage in the Tour de France. But uh, if you take out some of the casualties, which are obviously very disappointing for the race, it was some stage. Mm. Not being what are your thoughts, Alex? Is, does, do the cobbles belong in the Tour de France? Does this knock off the big issues off the top they, of this stage? I think they do. I think they do. Purely because... There's no other stage in the Tour de France where you're going to watch start to finish so eagerly. Like I mm-hmm. sat down and watched the whole thing. There's no 
no need to break, no need to look at anything else. Um, it was some stage. The piece that I just can't, like that always, always makes me feel a little uncomfortable is when you see guys miss out on their GC opportunities because of it. I know that like there's there's ways that they can minimize their risk, but sometimes when it's like Ben O'Connor gets a puncher and then he's talking about yeah, they get to the cobbled sections and there's just stopped cars. Like, what are you meant to do? Like, how, you can't really fix that. But boy, did we get some spectacle. And for me, uh, it just uh, it needs to stay in this bike race. You? It's just, yeah, the big names, the big cobble names never see, well, they do have punches, but they never seem to go without luck. So I'm starting to think it's not luck. There's a whole lot more skill involved, obviously, than what we think. But the last six cobble things I've watched, races, the, the big guys finish with the big guys. Like, they, they're always there together. Um, mm. So to have Van Art ride for Rog, I mean, that probably should have happened. Um, I know they've, that's where they've gone missing. I think Rog was behind Vinegard and Van Art. Um, so, yeah, but... Cambo, your thoughts? Yeah, for me, for me, they stay. I mean, you just look at look at Bogacha. He he's in the front, flying up the road with Stoyven in the last twenty k. Like, if you're good enough, you'll make it work for you. Um, it was unfortunate that we had that uh, hay bale get clipped by the the moto that caused the crash, which which really uh, put some of the favourites, um, you know, sort of out of contention to stay with Bogacha. Uh, I think. Jack Haig, I'm not sure whether he come unstuck in that crash or it was another one. Um, so there's always going to be casualties in the first week of the Tour de France. There's going to be casualties. It's just disappointing that they, you know, came from an incident that probably could have been avoided. But for me, overall, I, I think, uh, yeah, they can stay. I don't, I don't have an issue with it. The Haybales took out Caleb, who was looking, uh, was looking mighty fine. He was riding sort of domestique for maybe for me. Yeah. Well, I think um, Alex might have had a little little summon on him at uh, at eighties. Eighty eighty eight dollars max. That's that was my metric, and he was sitting there oh. coming into the last the last cobbled section. So I was kind of I was it made me extra happy that the breakaway won. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was looking very good and almost like I know Caleb's better than cobbles, but maybe go to Paris Roubaix, Caleb. Mm. The, the the other thing about this is a million dollars. The thing right. about this stage too is it speaks to me how frustrating it is that this the way that the cycling season's designed and that you never get to see just the top guys going at the top races all the time. Like imagine if Paris Bay was at a point where we could just have everyone there or they had to be there because mm. it's such a good spectacle having not just the big the big teams and the big the big Belgian squads flying into these cobbled sections, but every man and his dog at the at the bike race at the cobbles race. So good. What happens if Van Art? MBDP are going against what we saw from Pog. Like that's a that's actually a race, isn't it? It's a good bike race. Yeah, yeah. I think Pog's there. Pog's there in the final <laughs> of Rubay. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, every opportunity I get, Alex. So it's it's good to to talk about the good old days and um, the uh, the Jumbo Visma bike swapping incident reminds me a lot of uh, GP Poggiana 2013, yes. where um, we we had similar misfortune where your leader punches and then you just start bike swapping and next minute everyone's on a different bike that doesn't fit them and everyone's <laughs> out of the race. <laughs> I believe we, I believe Caleb punched it on a downhill section and ended up on Campbell's bike, Caleb riding a custom made Scott because they didn't make bikes small enough and Cambo being six foot one was, was and then he got onto Adam Phelan's bike. who was also too big. And then there was three people out of the race just like that. Yeah. <laughs> How about when he initially tried to go on Van Hoytings? Yeah. Yeah. Like, surely so, you just look at him and go, nah. That's what can happen. You can do all the preparation you like, but in the, in the thick of it, um, people's emotions take over and you become rash. Um, they got away with it purely because Wood Van Art was there to pull for 40Ks on the front. Um, but if he wasn't there, I, I feel like that could have been a, you know, that could have been a serious problem for them and we'd be talking about a one-horse race. But... Uh, Luckily, they got it together, and and Vingegaard is is still in this bike race. Salmon class. Well, yeah, we I mean, let's, we yeah, finish. we need to get onto that. I guess there's there's that bit. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's it's surprising that Simon Clark won, but at the same time, it's like, no, it's not. This guy is the biggest grafter in cycling. He is the smartest bike rider he would have been doing 
80% less than everyone in that group. Um, it would have looked like he was doing the same, but he would have been the freshest. And the way that he rode that last kilometre, he legitimately had cold blood running through his veins. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that last K, Alex, and, and what he did, but it was, it was incredible. Just everything to the final throw. Like when, when, well, first of all, they got rid of Magnus. I'm pretty sure at that point, Magnus would have been spewing that he was been in the breakaway for five stages in a row because could have done with some fresh legs coming into that final. <laughs> um, before, also got Palace in the group that went early. They had yellow jersey uh, in his eyes as well, assuming Betty Old didn't ride the front for, for UAE throughout the whole stage. Just a quick it, one. Is Netflix uh, following them? Because that would be a good, good little post-race debrief he, that stage. Yeah, I assume so. I assume so. The out they were giving Betty Ol was weird. They were saying potentially he was pacing to get rid of all the domestics, so then they would lose time eventually. Mm. Yes, that seems far fetched. That seems like an excuse of someone that knew he was in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Palace went early, and then there was it was a race for who had the coldest blood. Who's going to go first? <laughs> who's going to chase? Who's going to go? Who's going to go? Brosnagan, the fastest guy there. He needed to go. It's kind of everyone's looking at him. Everyone's looking at him. And then he just did this massive pull to get them back. But at this point, you're like, Eddie, the boss has got it because he's gapped them like a couple of meters. Mm. It's not done. Well, I, Simon said in his post-race interview that he actually – he let the gap go to Boston Hagen's wheel into that corner. So Boston Hagen looked back, saw he had a gap and jumped. So he took the bait, which let Simon just come up onto the wheel to pull him up to Paulus. And then when they caught, he knew that Taco was behind. Taco steps out and then Simon Clark gets the next lead out. So I, I'm sure he, he was thinking about all this and it's all planned out exactly um, how we thought, but he still had to have the legs to, to come around Taco, who, as we know, is strong as an ox, sprinting in the seat. Um, and then I'm sure those those days on the track with with Dave Sanders um, with the with the bike throw to the line was was running through Simon's Simon's head. But it was um, just pure class, a pure class win of how to win a small bunch kick and have cold blood running through your veins. Maybe no one else. Maybe no one else in the peloton would be thinking that way i can't think of anyone that's as like hey, as cunning as this cat in, yeah. and under that much fatigue and like so much up for grabs mm. oh. i mean the pressure of max gorn coming down on the team at the end of the tour yeah. with no stage win too i mean yeah. all these things were running through his mind yeah it's a it's, it's a, i've I heard someone post uh say that he's kind of like a money ball selection like he he doesn't nail all the numbers that you want. Like he's, he's training wattage ain't great. His peak wattage ain't great. Probably he's, I don't know, all the numbers that you need to be a pro cyclist, but he's like this acute little money ball pick that ticks a box for them. And he, that's well-described, Cam, which is crafty. Mm, very crafty. Um, and while they're $5 million a year athletes going out the ass, they're probably minimum minimum contract because he signed a deal in January. He would have been taking whatever he can get. Uh, yields on the stage win. Huge. Mm. Yeah. He is was great. It was great to see. Saved, saved their tour. Because I, I yeah. Woods crashed last night and that puts a line for him in any of the breaks, in my opinion. Full saying, I don't know what he's doing. So this was it. This was it. And class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're off the hook. They're off the hook somehow. So hats off to Simon. That was it was great, great for Australian cycling. Stage six, uh, talking about Australian cycling, we had Bling in the final group, climbing well, all going to plan. You're like, yep, this is this is it. Like, he's so hard. This is the day that Wood Van Aert went up the road, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which was wild, but perfect yeah, for him. It's like, how 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 is he going to win with Wood Van Aert there? I don't know. He went up the road. Beauty. That solves that issue. In like a silly, a silly move that made no sense at all. But he's with Van Aert, so we can do whatever he wants. Michael <laughs> Matthews is in the move; it's ready to go, and and Pog just ruined it for him. He's just this, is, so this was a, strong. This was a brutal stage. This was um, this was two hundred twenty k done at an average speed of forty nine k an hour. Like, no one's got fresh legs at the end of this stage. 
I'm not sure, the, the profile, the last 20K, real sort of Ardennes sort of type finish. Um, and, yeah, the, the uphill sprint. I mean, we've got McNulty and, and Micah riding full gas on the front. No one's going to have legs to, to sprint against Pog, and he absolutely smoked him. Like, Michael Matthews is banging the bars, coming across the line. It's like, he just got five lengths put into you. Like, <laughs> he weren't that close. Um, which is scary because this is like Michael Matthews and these sort of finishes before Pog, before um, the Vans. This was yeah. his bread and butter. Like he was torching everyone um, and he torched everyone else. But this Pog at your guy, like he's just winning for fun at the moment. Like any stage, yeah, put the boys in the front um, and bring it back. But what was, what was Van Aert doing? Because he would have been, this would have been a perfect finish for him. Don't know. There's a weird thing going on with points at the moment. He's got he's got more points to win next year's Tour de France currently. Like he's 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 home on this point system. He needs to stop chasing the points. <laughs> like honestly, he did it again last night, and I mean he saved a bit more energy because he rode in the back. But at times he was pulling the brake to get more time. Um, I don't know what he's doing, but like Alex said, he he is Woot Van Aert. He he can do what he wants. Um, mm. I the, the again. Um, I, I love some of the post-race stuff. Pog and Matthews seem like they're, they're quite friendly to a point where Matthews was, yelling, Matthews was yelling at him saying, we finished one, two, we finished one, two. And I was like, sitting there like I don't think Pog cares, man. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Kane Corns' thoughts on that, Max? <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't like it. He would not like it. Well, even after the even after the finish, like Matthew's like giving him a big hug and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, on the Instagram, you, making sure like, this the, is the boys this is like, are... this was your stage. And I wasn't there. This is your that was your win. If I'm his if I'm sitting on the bus, I'm 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 Durbo. I've worked 250k headwind to try and get Matthew's a win, and he's hugging Pog saying one, two. I'm over the moon for you. I'm just not sure if I'm if I'm if it's <laughs> If, I'm sitting, if it's sitting well with me. But. Imagine, being Jerry be Ryan. Imagine being Jerry Ryan at home going, I'm paying this guy millions of bucks <laughs> to celebrate for second. To be fair, it is good to see Bling ride well, but I'm not liking how he's in second. Mm. Well, I think at the moment, a, a, a second to Polk is pretty much a win. Yeah. Um, stage seven, uphill finish, gravel finish. Same story. Same story, different group of guys. Mm. I mean, <laughs> this guy's as good as it gets. Yeah, well, I mean, we're back to the scene of the crime, aren't we? Twenty twenty two, La Planche de Belfis. Um, two years ago, where Tardier just <laughs> smoked everyone in the time trial. Same climb, and the first mountain top finish of, of of the Tour de France is normally it's, it's a bit like this. No one's really keen to attack. Um, everyone's legs are still relatively fresh, so it's just about following the wheels, and everyone knows what what this guy's going to do. He's going to sprint the last K, and if you can follow him, good luck. Um, but I think what we saw out of this was that Vingegaard, Vingegaard's legs are really good. This wasn't sort of his sort of climb that's a little bit shorter than what he preferred, the sort of 40-minute climbs. And he could go with Tade on this on this climb, and this is, this is Pog's bread and butter, this sort of whatever time it was to go up the climb, that real steep finish. Um, so I took a lot of confidence out of this that this race is still well and truly on. Um, i.e., Mingigard has got good legs. I took similar here. I one I took is how UAE are burying themselves for no real apparent reason. Apparently, Pog's family were at the top of the climb, so yeah, um, he's, he's asked George and Marco and, and McNulty to pace all day. So what he can go kiss his. Uh, girlfriend post the race again. I'm out. Yeah. Doesn't sit well with me if I'm on the bus, but um, he's won, so he <laughs> delivered any game time, so he's delivered again. But he could be wearing like Pog's another world, but is George Bennett another world? I don't, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I'm not sure if he's Castrovio sort of domestic type level. Um, so I'm worried mm. about UA potentially going into these deeper weeks. Um, and all I hear is Jonas will drop Pog just because he did in 2020, 2020 or 2021. When did he drop him? 21 on Vontu. On Vontu. Pog yeah. got him back on the downhill. But um, yeah, I think as viewers, we can be we can be excited about the next two weeks of racing. Um, mm. If everyone can stay on the bike. Look, yeah. Yamba and Enios just look extremely strong from a team point of view. How can they mm-hmm. break Pog? They'll be thinking somehow. 
the good thing is for us as viewers and also for the race as a whole is Pogs racing every stage. Like I'm going to win this, but there's no, you know what? It's a good opportunity for me to have an easier day. I'm just going to sit in the bunch, not get anyone to ride, let the breakaway win. Nah, boys are on the front. Let's go. I'm going to torch this finish. Good luck, everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. He's got Mikkel Berg. Mikkel Berg's almost finishing the, uh, almost missing the OTL on flat stages. Like he, yeah. He's cooked. He wants to go home. (laughs) Um, Kamner was stiff though, wasn't he, on this stage? Philip Wines to Belfi. I mean, wouldn't he get caught with under 100 meters to go? Yeah. He had 40 odd seconds with a K to go, and you're like, this is done. But the way that those two boys, uh, Pog and Vingegaard went up the climb in that last K it was just absolutely rapido. Um, mm-hmm. And that's and Kamner's bread and butter, these sort of mountain breakaways. Um, and I'm sure he'll get one get one eventually, uh, but he would have liked to have chalked off in the first week. So um, Reminded me of uh, Rog and Gino Mader. No gifts. I, I hate I hate it when people say, oh, why is he, why is he being ruthless? It's like, do you know how hard it is to win a Tour de France stage? Like, people go their whole career not even getting close. Like, if I was Pog, there's no way I'm giving stages to anyone ever. Yeah. He even had a chance to not give it to him because with a K to go and it went under the banner, all his teammates were absolutely cooked. And then Pog just decided to pace for a bit. Like, yeah. that was his well, Mark has literally done, like, these ones, like, waved him through, like, all right, go on now. Like... <laughs> Um, I, I love the ruthlessness of Pog. It's it's so good. It could be some tired boys in that squad come week uh, back end of week two into week three Huge as time. things start to get grippy. But that's the point though. Is like it's so good when he's so happy to take it up. It's not like oh I got no teammates. So I'll back it back it off here. It's like all right, all right. Yeah. Uh, and then to yesterday's stage, Bob Youngles throwing back the clock. And juicy. Uh, no, we, we, we missed stage, uh, stage eight, the stage that the Matthews, the Matthews second again. Another, another Wood Van Art win. Stage eight. Yep. To, to mm. what, a pretty much recap what we're pointing out for how is Matthews going to win? Because this is his stage with Wood Van Art there. I don't know. Well, it's, He's, I mean, it's to, it's to get in the break. I mean, yeah, and not. Who ended up in the break? Was it Durbo? Is this Durbo's break stage? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Durbo was in there. Yep. Yep. Um, again, um, UAE pacing all day. Um, I know they've got the yellow, so they have to, but it's just, it seems well, there's a lot of commentary saying they should try and give the yellow to someone else. And this is, I'm pretty sure this is where Quick Step had their climber, uh, Cataneo, in the break, three minutes down. Hey, how about we just give yellow to quick step for a bit and not pace? But Pog's on a different world. He doesn't do it the way Ineos did. Froome would have gave up yellow 100. percent um, Just quick, I don't think this was Turbo was in the in the break on the planche de Belfis, I okay. think. Uh, but Greenwich did have a rider in this break, I believe. I don't know who it was. Memory doesn't really matter. To your um, point, Max. Pog came third. He took four took four seconds. He was racing for the win. There was yeah. there was no way I'm letting this go. I'm going to win the stage. It just did you did you see there were some clowns on Twitter talking about um, how it was silly that Jumbo paced all day because um, the stage win wasn't worth Pog getting four seconds bonus. Again, it's like, do you know how hard it is to win a Tour de France stage? Like if it's on offer, you're going to do it, yeah. especially, especially when you got. Like it's it's as close as you're gonna to get to your guy being a lock for the win. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just some craziness out there, some some over analysis. And back to stage nine, Bobby Ungle's got the win. I mean, the the the, the tip comes from stage eight as well because Bob Youngles is finishes in the top ten in a in a relatively tough stage. The stage before on the gravel finish, uh, he finished uh, with the main group sort of just a little bit off. So I'm thinking Ben O'Connor's gone. Bob Youngle's riding a little bit more on his own with uh, the young Frenchman, Parry, uh, Parry Pant, whatever his name is. Those two boys got a bit more freedom and Bob, Bob, Bob went. It's one of the, it, it's a masterclass of a selection. <laughs> it is. That, is. that is some good analysis. It's, it's incredible. This guy's been in the, he's been in the wilderness for years, Bob Youngle's. 
Like this guy was a serious talent through the juniors with quick step. He was unreal. Mm. Um, and he's gone missing or sort of, you know, at least three years he's been in the wilderness. We had that. I actually had to double take on the stat, on the things that he's won. I can't actually remember him winning Liège Baston and Kearney Brussels Kearney. Like that's phenomenal. Mm. Mm. He had the um, he had the vein issue that some guys have in their in their legs. So he had the surgery the on that. Stains. Yeah, but then also I think he probably it feels like he got a bit caught up in that GC rider mentality, trying to get to that point where he can ride the overall. He's a big guy. Yeah, back to back ends in the Giro. Yeah, so that a, got yeah, he was he was six in the Giro in 2016. Yeah. So that's that's a proper GC sort of rider. But as we know, boys, that difference between that the top ten and the podium, it's a big it's a big gap. Yeah, that, mm. he was what six at the Giro. So what he was two hours back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that was that was a huge ride, and you know, with with Ben O'Connor. Um, in serious trouble, whether he's going to start after this rest day or not, for them to go out and just bang, save their tour with a stage win. Um, we can probably expect some more of Youngles. If you've got good legs in that third week and going into some breakaways, you can you can help yourself. It could be a buffet. So this stage, this stage confused me for a whole lot more other reasons than just Bob Youngles doing his thing. Again, they pace all day. And they're scared with this Rigoberto. And I'm not sure, maybe commentators were talking, they're scared. Maybe Pog was actually pacing to try and win it again, which could have been a chance. Um, but they they end up with 50k to go with just Rafael Marca. That's a callback McNulty. Um, mm. Or he just dropped one of, one, one of the two. Mm. But like, why don't give... Rigoberto's not a scare factor. Does he want to wear yellow the whole tour? I think he does. Yeah, I mean, like I've said before a number of times, I love the ruthlessness from Pog, but you've got to look after your teammates um, at times. And I think yesterday riding was was maybe a little bit silly and he could have got really caught out there um, being just down to to Michael late. So we've, we've discussed this earlier. I think the second and third week, um, those UAE boys are going to be in trouble and Pog might just be there to, to be taken um, if someone can get their timing right. Like that for years, watching cycling, that stage, that break, the way the race has, uh, has, has folded out, that break gets 10 minutes almost every time I've ever watched. Yeah. It's just, they were held at two minutes 30 the whole time. It just yeah. seemed bizarre. And I don't know what they've done for Mark Soler, but he's become a teammate and it's phenomenal. <laughs> he's probably uh, saying- The only thing I could think of is he wanted the hat-trick. Pog wanted that hat-trick of stage wins. Um and hopefully for him, it doesn't come back to bite him. And if it was the Rigoberto fear factor, geez, I would have been feel fear if I was Bob Youngles or Thibaut Pino and I lost the stage by a couple of seconds. Rigo, just yeah. get out. Yeah. The, it is good, though, from an overall race perspective as a viewer because there is potential that he could have a couple of days in trouble. Yeah. And I think it's, it's fair to argue that we, we haven't had a proper mountain day yet. I know the Ponche de Belfast is a mountaintop finish. I know yesterday is some cat ones, but the breakaway goes up the road. Uh, I don't think we'll see too much to uh, McGeeve on stage 10, sort of that traditional alpine, like to a ski station, not super steep. But the next day um, on Wednesday, um, we go, well, I think it's a new finish or they haven't been there since the 80s. Um, uh, with the with the Galibier into the Col de Grunion Sierre Chevalier, uh, however you say it, um, 11k at 9.2%. So I reckon this is going to be be the time for Jumbo to go chips in and and to see where they're at. It's a, it's actually really exciting top ten when you look at it. Um, a lot of this chat about race over, we're far from it. So. The, the power of Rog being actually a little bit further down is what I really like. I actually like the fact that he's two and a half minutes down because it means he can go a little bit earlier at times as well. Um, and it can test him. Like, I reckon they might let him go at some point as well. So there could be a bit going on. Three Ineos lads. We thought it'd be three, but Martinez has cooked it. It's Pidcock who's actually riding unbelievably and could be a two, I hope, at some point um, for Ineos and then the, I mean our boys we always say they're our boys Gadu, Bade these sort of guys um, rounding out the top five maybe one of them maybe Mass Vlasov unfortunately for me crashed uh, and he's looking pretty yeah. grim 
Um, yeah. But are you guys um, still on my on my back about the the mass selection, or or are you going to give me a little bit of a, a breather on that at the moment? It'll go pear shaped. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't look <laughs> much. It doesn't look much better than your other boy Naro Quintana. Um, <laughs> what did Naro I say about Naro? Did I? Naro was some good. He was looking real good early. He had Rick, a, he's good on the punchy good. stuff and bad on the long stuff now. When, yeah. when did that happen? <laughs> the, the the first stage, the Pog one, he had a bit of a gallop, and I thought, geez, you know, if they get to proper climbs, if he's doing this on the punchy stuff, look out. But how about his crash um, where he flipped over the handlebars? Naro. Mm. Yeah, like I said, we haven't really got to the proper mountains yet. So this is a sort of a – I think the, we know who's going to be there or thereabouts, but no one's really, really been tested yet. We'll find that out on um, on Wednesday and Thursday, two absolutely massive, massive stages. But what will happen is we'll get 20, 30-man breaks because it's literally Ineos, Yumbo, UAE um, that are going to commit men. And then Gudu and Bardet will almost be left to themselves. They'll send men forward. Um, Stora will go. Kung will go. Pino will go. Um, for I don't know who DSM have. To be honest, it's just Chris Hamilton. I think from a deep, from a domestic point of view, but these sort of guys will be allowed freedom. So li- the GC group could be six people, seven people. Um, In theory, is there freedom. anyone? You know, what are we? What are we? Uh, nine stages in, Max. Is there anyone that's sort of finding themselves in the early crosshairs for a, a good clip at the end of the tour? <laughs> I've got one who's in who's in serious trouble. Uh, there's a couple. There's one we never really take out the pro conti teams, but I'm going to have a little crack at B and B. For one, not being present at all, and two, they were actually. I do remember them. Is when they pulled out at the Magnus Court break stage and randomly sat up um, from an exposure break. They sat think, up in an exposure break. Yeah, and they, got, caught when they got, they they got, got dropped. They got dropped, Max. Oh, they got dropped today. Fifty k yeah. in. They were two. trying to. They were trying to. They were trying to beat Magnus for the KOM points. And Magnus uh, obviously had a, a pretty big agenda to get those points. And him and I can't remember the Wanty guy that was with him, but they just went over the top first. And went, you know what? We don't need these two. And they got hooped. They never got back on. <laughs> What's the number one rule of being in the breakaway, Alex? Don't get dropped from the breakaway. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when like you're a, trying to drop guys before like then. Sixty-year-old soccer coach. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the um, other two, the, the the two main teams would be Bahrain and Trek. They'd be the ones that would have to do something from here on in. Um, Trek's best performance is Quinn Simmons tonguing it, holding on to Wood Van Art, um, which is quite comical to watch. Um, Chikoni and Mollema look both like they don't have legs. There's a rumor that Mollema's avoiding COVID tests to not go home because um, he might have COVID. Have you heard that rumor? <laughs> I haven't, but I like it. Let's come with it. He posted yeah. on his Instagram to clear it up saying, all good, have an illness, just done a negative COVID test. But apparently they reckon he's, he's an anti-tester, so he probably has COVID. Yeah, right. Um, the ones for me that are in serious trouble are Astana. I don't think they've had a top 10. I think um, I think it was Rudsenko was their, their highest finisher, 17th on a stage so far, which is absolutely horrendous. We have not seen their jersey once. So for them, it was just a, a stage win was par. Um uh, Gianni Moscon has already gone home. I'm not sure what his reasons were, but he's no longer the rider that he was once at, at Team Sky. Um, so, yeah, they're pretty much the only ones that have really stood out as being really poor. And, I, you know, Lotto, Caleb not getting close. They probably need a look to get busy um, with someone sooner rather than later. There's definitely a watch this space with Lotto and Alperson. They... They they would need to do something. And the, to be fair, Philipson has been active, doing weird things, going yeah. for green points on Monday and then not the next day. It's bizarre what he's doing, but anyway. Well, I think that first stage that Poggy won, they were they were riding on the front full gas. Um, they thought Jasper could get up the hill. Yeah, and I think their top finish on the stage was 30th. So <laughs> they, they really judged that one poorly. So, you know, they could both gamble and go into the last chance saloon in Paris and try and win that stage. But um, that's not what I'd want him to be doing um, as a team, trying to win a stage on the last stage. Max, if you had to pinpoint one guy that you, that you like, you want to see on the, in the move over the next week and will probably win a stage and maybe return some value for the investors, where would you look? Uh, I mean, 
there's going to be a stage where I'm going to back Stora. I'm not sure when it's happening. Mm, he was good that, sure was good that day. Won. Yeah. So you got to, with tours and what I've learned is don't back the name, back the, back the legs. Um, so Mollimer is an easy, easy back, but he doesn't have the legs. So you got to avoid the name. You got to back the legs and Stora's proven to show legs at some point in this race. And it, it just, he needs to be able to be given freedom which I think he will. Kamner will obviously go on a break and I reckon he'll he'll win on a day when he's probably favourite. So there's not as much there. And then one of these GC guys that'll lose a bit more time. Um, I'm not sure which one yet. Maybe Caruso. Nice. That'll be where I go. And I'll also, I'll be hoping for something to happen in the sprints at some point, like a Max Walshed. Imagine that. <laughs> Denazy. And... To be fair, we'll probably back Nick Schultz at some point. Yes. Mm. Yep. He's got, he's been, there's somewhere on the, and I'm sure one of you boys can get some photos in and on the, the uh, Green Edge bus, um, the Bike Exchange bus, sorry. They, um, there'll be a stage pointed out for Schultz. We don't know which one it is, but he's a climber who's come to a, a, a Tour de France with eight, with eight flat man sprinters. Like he's, he's yep. got a stage somewhere. I don't know which one it is. I'd love for him to tell me. Um, but he would, <laughs> he would go at some point as well. Any last thoughts, Cambo? No, no. I think Max has sort of nailed everything on the head there. The, the key part of that is don't go, don't go with names and reputation. Go the eye test is always a, a good one to go with. So um, I'll, I'll take that on board for my own um, investing as well. Uh, if they have legs and a name, then go big. Yep. Well, then there's, so no, va- then there's right. no value. Tebow last night, legs and he uh, a name like that's. I feel sorry for the people who didn't go young was a win Pino, but that's that's a fair bit. Tebow. Yeah, any thoughts, Cambo, on Tebow's performance last night? Does it? Well, I think it, I think it, it, exactly what Max has just said. It shows that he has got the legs, um, and I think that talk pre-tour about him going for the KOM jersey. It's not something they just hand out at the finish. You got to have good legs to go for it. So I think he proved that he's he's a chance for that. Um, whether a stage is going to be a byproduct of that or, or vice versa. Um, but yeah, I think we can see Pino in, in the front of this race in the next couple of weeks for sure. Just My keep name. your fist to yourself. Keep your fist to yourself. He's punching fan. What is he punching uh, people? What do they call them? The guys who give you water on the yeah. side? This one, yes. This one, yes. This one, yes. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good, luck, good luck up in Alice this weekend, Max. Thank you. And thanks, Cambo. Thank you, Alex. Thanks as always.